Hey guys, welcome to the Marketplace Podcast. I'm your host, Priest Willis, and this is episode number 93. Today, I'm joined by Mark Blunt. Mark is a retired American professional basketball player. He was a center with several teams in the National Basketball Association, otherwise known as the NBA. Mark was named Mr. Basketball for Westchester County during his senior year at Dobbs Ferry High School. He played college basketball at University of Pittsburgh before being drafted 54th overall in the 1997 NBA draft by the Seattle Supersonics. He was first signed by the Boston Celtics as a free agent on August 1st, 2000 and led the team with 76 blocks that season, the most by any Celtics rookie since Kevin Kale. During the 2003-2004 NBA season, Blunt emerged as a dependable center putting up double-digit points, almost triple-doubles minus the blocks. So today we're joined with Mark because he's going to talk to us about business ventures that he's gotten into after basketball. There was a story on 30 on ESPN that talked about 70% plus of athletes that go broke after their playing career and whether it's across the NBA, NFL, Mark has broke that stigma and proven that you can make sound business decisions, sound investments by having a plan and a direction in place. This was a great interview. I enjoyed Mark thoroughly. And without further ado, here's Mark Blunt. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. I'm really honored that you would take the time out to talk to me on many different levels. I'm into sports separately, but I even like your story better than you just being an NBA player. I much like your afterlife story better because, you know, you hear the horror stories and it's kind of a played out story for 30 has done it all. But you hear the horror stories about athletes. You have the better one. So it doesn't even matter if you would have played you know, semi-pro ball, the fact that you've had the business acumen to do a lot of the things that you've accomplished after for me is very inspiring. So I salute you, man. Thank you. That's my drive. Failure is not an option for me. So I'm always going to be working on something. I've obviously dug a lot into your history and I can tell how you've, especially through your story, and hopefully we can talk about it, how you've evolved. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, uh, just uh, grew up in Yonkers, New York, up in Westchester County there. And it was just uh, back in the 80s. Uh, if anybody knows that area of Yonkers, it was pretty rough back then. And uh, my mother ended up uh, moving us to South Carolina around 12, 13. Before we moved down there, that's when I started uh, playing a little um, AAU on Saturdays. Uh, it was my first... Uh, opportunity to play basketball actually i wasn't playing my brother was playing and uh i started playing because they needed a sub one day and i was actually taking him to basketball practice because my brother wanted him to lose weight and i just that's how i started playing basketball were you a big guy at all or were they just like give me your brother on the corner there and bring him in no i was i was just sitting on the side and they asked me to do that i want to play but i was pretty i was i was tall back then but uh just roaming around, uh, just being a New York kid back then, you know? Yeah. Were you interested back then during that period when you just started learning about basketball and then eventually getting into AAU, which my little boy is getting into, by the way, were you interested in business then as a kid? Probably about my mid-teens, just uh, watching my mother go putting herself through school to become an accountant. So just the numbers and watching her, you know, watching her work and do her books. I think that was uh, the start of it, you know, just understanding the 
business and uh, going through all the numbers and stuff like that. So that's how the my um, first progress in business and uh, wanted to uh, know more about it was from there. While we're talking about that, you're coming up. We'll fast forward a little bit here, but you go through AU, all the other steps that other kids do. You go through high school. Now you're in college. I imagine you were on a scholarship at that point. Yeah, University of Pittsburgh was a uh, scholarship there, and it was a great time. Met a lot of great friends, a lot of good uh, contacts there that uh, still talk to, and just being able to just mature as a young man. And then uh, stayed there for uh, two years before I decided to work for a living. Wow. So talk about the draft and leading up to it. What was your mindset about when you went into the league? Were you thinking to yourself, you know, I'm going to play basketball, or were you getting into it like, nope, you know what? I'm going to get into this. I want to get contracts because ultimately I want to build a business life for myself. I mean, take me through what the NBA meant to you ultimately. My first thought as a young man was like, oh, I'm going to go in and do this and do that. And then my feelings were hurt because I ended up getting cut and uh, had to do a couple of years in the minor leagues and work my way back and uh, eventually was able to mature as a player in Boston. But that was definitely um, – you know, a waking call for me to be able to focus on my craft and be able to perfect my craft, to be able to uh, be uh, one of the better big men in the league during my time. So it was definitely uh, a lot of work, um, just toiling in the minor leagues for a couple of years before I was able to catch on. You had a really good season at that point. I mean, I read somewhere where you had like 76 blocks that season, and it was the most that the Celtics had seen from a rookie since Kevin McHale. So that's rare error to be involved in there. Yeah, I was just happy to uh, be there and uh, <laughs> stop eating uh, IHOP and Waffle House. <laughs> and look, they got grapes on the plane and everything for you now. <laughs> I, was, I was smiling inside. I was smiling outside. You try to keep your cool a little bit, but you were you were smiling. I was enjoying it. So let's talk about your first big contract. I'd like to look at it from two perspectives. So what did it mean to you personally? Obviously, you just kind of explained it. You were smiling inside just to see a whole different life. But did you start putting any money aside at that point for where we're at today? And we're going to get into the business ventures that you're in today. But how did you look at your first big contract? How did you split it up for yourself? Or did you? First of all, I just wanted to find some uh, financial team I could work with that can help me through the uh, process of understanding what my goals wanted to be. So I went through that process first. And then once I made that decision, I was able to uh, start setting goals for down the road for myself for uh, 5, 10, 15 years down the road and uh, be able to map things out and uh, understanding uh, what I need and what I want are two different things. So mm-hmm. I understood that early on and uh, had a great group around me during those years while I was playing to uh, make sure I, was, I stayed on on, uh, on the track to be able to um, you know benefit down the road as I got older. Yeah. And you played basketball overseas. How did that shape how you see in the world? People obviously become more well-rounded when they travel outside their bubble. You really get different perspectives on life. So you being just a basketball player is one facet, but what did it do for you to be in other parts of the world? And how did that change and shape who you are today? You know, it was a big factor, uh, being able to uh, travel for business and then also travel per- personally around the world. First of all, you know, they love the NBA uh, uh, worldwide. So being able to be an ambassador while I'm traveling as an NBA 
player it was awesome and then just being able to sit and talk to people about the nba and then talk about their country either to china or, or switzerland london france istanbul turkey just to see that uh, their love for the game and then just the everyday life they go through here there and uh, some of the things that they uh, struggle with uh, personally and uh, financially so it's definitely eye-opening to know that uh, it's great to be born in America and live in America. <laughs> yeah, for real. Big time. Have you invested in any businesses outside the country, whether when you played basketball or even today? Do you have any investments outside the U.S.? Not while I was playing and uh, not at this time yet. You know, I watched a, a um, documentary on Netflix called Poverty Inc. And what it was talking about was how the U.S. tends to drop rice and other stuff into other countries and it almost crushes the people within those. Let's use Haiti as an example. So we go over there, we drop rice, beans and other stuff. But there's farmers there that grow that stuff. And when we drop it to them, it ultimately squashes out those small business owners that are growing their own rice and beans, even though we think we're doing good. And it's a vicious cycle how the U.S. does their charity. But it ultimately ends up hurting countries like that. And so what they were saying people would be better served doing is going over to countries like that and investing in the businesses. Using Haiti as an example, people there actually have businesses where they create jewelry and they actually do pretty good business. And they were saying people would be not you necessarily, but people in general would be really interested on the return sometimes that you can get just by investing in businesses in other parts of the country. Yeah, I've, uh, a couple of times even went down to the, during the earthquake to help out, and just um, when they do shut out the uh, provisions for the for the locals who can't help themselves, that's a chain reaction. Yeah, from the grocery stores who pay for the co- containers that bring them over, for the people who are trying to uh, grow the uh, provisions there and be able to uh, sell them. And then maybe the, the food they drop it, maybe the people are trying to sell it as too. So it's like a, a big battle to be able to uh, figure it out, you know? Yeah, totally. You know, I know you talked about having a good team, Mark, but how did you manage to stay out of the financial traps that many athletes get caught in? So we don't have to beat this drum. We hear about 70% of athletes being broke after they're done playing and 30 for 30 did a special on ESPN. I think that's kind of a played out story, but just for you specifically, how did you manage to stay out of that financial trap and really hone in on what you're doing today? Oh, just um, not loaning people money. And Was that a thing when people came to borrow money? You were like, no, dude, I'm sorry. I can't do it for you. Exactly. Because, uh, you, know, you know, they come back again. You got to take the sweet time to hit you back up in three, four months. So. I'm a hundred thousand there and I'm practicing that right now. So I'm making sure that I tell people. No, no, I can't help you out. And then, you know, understanding the, what you need depends on where you live at. You need one car, maybe two. You need a house, not the mega house. I mean, you don't need houses all over the places. You don't need eight, nine, ten cars. I was a mid-level player and uh, understood uh, where I wanted to be at uh, when I once I retired and, uh, and the, some of the things I wanted to do business-wise. So I wasn't I wasn't trying to um, uh, put myself in a situation where I was... Uh, you weren't trying to stretch yourself, basically, where you yeah, didn't have to. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I had my house here in Florida, and then you know, I wasn't trying to buy another house where I was playing at. I knew I was only going to be there six to eight months, and then I'd be back in Florida. So, it was, you know, just being able to understand some of the things that you uh, can be able to manipulate, uh, you know, instead of uh, 
carry a lot of insurance and, and, and property taxes and uh, just overhead that's unnecessary. That's how some of those guys get into Trouble. Smart and the tax man, they forget about the tax man as well. Yeah, I was gonna say, you being in Florida kind of helped on the taxes at one point towards the end of your career, at least, right? Definitely. What was your first business investment during or after basketball? It was a year after I retired, and then uh, I bought uh, a little bit of crazy guy, but I bought uh, four restaurants to uh, Focus Brand. Focus Brand uh, manages, owns, and operates uh, Slotsky's, Moe's, Annie Ann's, and Cinnabon's. Oh, Slotsky's, those sandwiches are so good. But a lot of people don't know it. I'm from the Midwest, so I'm initially from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They may have it in some certain, but they used to call it crazy name, serious sandwich or something along those lines. And those sandwiches were the bomb, those heated pastrami sandwiches and stuff like that. So you own Cinnabon, um, Slotsky's. Those are the labels, the brands under their name. Oh, got it. I was in uh, Annie Ann's and Cinnabon's for almost a year. Oh, got it. What did you think about the restaurant business? When you're under a chain like that, typically it kind of sells itself. But I know a lot of people that try to start restaurants and they end up bombing out on them. How was it when you got into that restaurant business? 16 hour days on my feet all day. Dealing with employees. At one time, I think I was up to about 25, 30 employees. It's a nonstop action. What did you think of that? Was that something where you were like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I mean, what is that like? It was great. It was great. We were, my stores, when they started out, we're, uh, we're doing very well. And during that uh, period of time, and you know, two of them died off, but um, I was loving it. I was in heaven. It was the energy uh, I was looking for, the thrill I was looking for, and the success I was looking for. But uh, it's not for the faint of heart, I tell you that. <laughs> well, it doesn't sound like it. 16 hours, I'm already turned off. I mean, especially if I got to be on my feet. I didn't mind the stores and operations. It was just uh, some of the employees can get a little gnarly on you. So, But other than that, I was fine. Yeah, that's when they call in with TMI and they start calling you in saying, I've had diarrhea all day. I can't come in today. And you're like, dude, you could have just called in sick. That would have been good enough. We'll do that for another show. Some of the stories. Do you have mentors even while you were in the league or after that kind of encourages you outside of basketball or just being an athlete? What kind of mentors do you try to keep around you if you have any? Mostly uh, whatever I'm doing, I keep uh, a lot of... uh business people around me that, uh, that know their field and uh, very good in their field. Um, over the years, I've always uh, relied on the um, retired NBA guys who were uh, before me who were successful and out there doing things uh, in the business world that were, that were great. And then also relying on the um, NBA Players Association. They do a great job uh, with the retired guys, helping guys out, uh, getting facilitating things they might want to do or find a passion for. Some guys might not be able to find a passion, but they want to do so. They do a great job. So I just relied on those resources because uh, I played in the league and then also you know, the veteran guys that played before me, they're always around to lend uh, helping hand. And as I mentioned before we started recording, I'm sort of more impressed by you, not so much being an athlete per se, but more by your business moves that you've done after. And I read an article in The Undefeated, which really highlighted a lot of stuff that you're involved in. And that's particularly what I wanted to share with our audience about the pretty impressive moves that you're making. So first of all, right now, at least you're in a lot of non-tech stuff. And let's talk about that a little bit in terms of real estate. But do you plan on doing anything in tech? And what are your moves today? What does it look like? Yeah, I, I have planned on um, 
give you everything about it, but I plan on no, no. implementing uh, some uh, tech down the road with uh, some of the real estate stuff I'm doing. So it's in, uh, still in the works, a lot of uh, due diligence still to do on it, but uh, I, I'm going to uh, start implementing some tech and stuff I'm doing. So what are you primarily doing in real estate right now? Are you just buying and flipping or are you renting out as passive income, I guess, if that's a good word for you? But how are you involved in real estate today? I have my own private fund, Sphere Capital Group, and uh, investors. Um, I go out and find investors and I hold their cash through real estate and I renovate and revamp properties with their cash and uh, buy a property for a dollar and I three, four, five years down the road. I sell it for $3 and then uh, also manage the property as well and then uh, give my investors a great return. So that's uh, the deal we work out in the midst of it. But uh, it's mostly uh, rental income properties, multifamily rental income properties. How can other investors get involved with you? So does it have to be based on a personal relationship? How do you vet through other investors that you work with on the real estate side of the business? Depends. It could be a bank or it could be a private uh, individual. Mostly it's just uh, they're comfortable with me and um, showing them my track record record of what I've done pretty much does that. And then showing them how much funds we spare capital has uh, makes them comfortable. And then the properties I target to um, to make a, a great return on their money. Got it. Do you do that in addition to franchising still, or are you just purely focused on real estate? Oh, yes. I'm just doing real estate. Franchise age me. I have a lot of gray hairs for no reason. <laughs> you didn't look too bad. I saw you in the undefeated article. It it, it looked fine, man. You you put a little just for men in there, you, you'll be fine. Don't worry about uh, it. But uh, Monday morning, there's a lot of gray hairs. <laughs> Monday morning, they're waiting for you again. Yeah. Hey, guys. Do you have health and fitness goals that you still want to attack this year? Let Melvin Moore Fitness help you with that. Would you love to have guidance of a personal trainer, but the flexibility to meet with your own trainer anytime, anywhere, just by opening up your app or your smartphone? Let Melvin Moore Fitness help you with that. Melvin Moore Fitness has a virtual personal training app to provide you with a custom workout plan, instructional videos for each exercise nutritional coaching, and any of your other fitness needs right through your smartphone or your computer. Go to melvinmorefitness.trainersize.com for more information. Again, go to melvinmorefitness.trainersize.com for more information. You'll be glad you did. Check into today's show notes for more ways to contact more fitness. So I know you said you want to get into tech. You've sold off your franchising. You're focused on real estate. What are some other things that you're looking at on the horizon? You don't have to give your blueprint away, but as other entrepreneurs are listening, they're trying to find their own passion. What are some things and how do you map that out for yourself? Do you look at it at the beginning of the year to say, I'm going to jump into this sector? What is your approach? Do you just find what work for you as the weeks and months go by? Um, no, I have a plan. My strategy, I keep it very narrow. I already knew what I wanted to do for uh, my company, Spirit Capital Group. So now that we have several uh, properties now, the next step is to develop and uh, be able to uh, offer uh, a great uh, apartment for um, 
the age groups that we're targeting doing, targeting right now in, in South Florida, and then also in the developing part and acquiring part, moving uh, across the U.S. Uh, in the uh, next two to four years is going to be uh, our, our goal. You know, I think it's really impressive when people get it, and this has to be something that's done very early on because I look at you, I look at someone like Magic Johnson and other past players in any league, and the people that really get it to see that, you know what, this money is just a tool. It's not going to necessarily last forever, and it doesn't create my legacy. And this is kind of what I'm telling my son. You and I were talking about this offline, and one of the reasons why you in particular inspired me was because of what you did outside of the league. You realize that money is a tool and using other people's money helps and you building a team around you. And I'm telling him the exact same thing because his probability is high in going into the league. And I'm telling him that you really have to see the big picture here, that your legacy is going to be what you do after the league. I mean, it's going to kind of be a subnote on your Wikipedia page if you make better moves when you get out the league. So is that what's important to you? Because obviously what gets you up during the day isn't money anymore. So what legacy are you actually trying to ultimately leave, Mark? For me, um, my legacy is just work. I always wanted to do more. I always wanted to uh, give back. I always wanted to add more, being able to go in and in some of these communities and be able to um, add value to a building, which has my name associated with is, uh, is key. So for me, it's just uh, due diligence for my legacy and uh, just keep my head down and working. That's all I know. Just uh, work hard to get to the league, work hard to uh, – Manage for locations and employees. Uh, work hard to, uh, you know, my first real estate deals, uh, fourteen to twenty units. Uh, renovate those. Just me and my buddy. Just work hard, get those up, and get them rented. And that's all I know. Just uh, work, work, work. So I'm uh, very passionate about what I do, and I don't put out crap. I wanted to be the best. If I'm gonna do something, I wanted to be like I'm living there or I'm, I'm working there. That's really good. And you kind of said it. I was going to ask you at one point, what advice would you have to offer others, maybe athletes or someone else in terms of how they see money? But you put it really good when you mentioned about you just put your best foot forward and you kind of let the rest speak for itself. I think that's important. And that's why I more so asked the legacy question, because once we see ourselves bigger than the money or bigger than the thing, you do put a lot of pride, passion and effort into what we do. And I, I think that shows and what you're building so it's really impressive yeah my little team is little real little right now they say i'm a pain in the booty sometimes you know, so <laughs> they, uh, they're funny but uh you know i'm passionate about it I, I see the vision i have it in my head i have it on paper i have the business plan i know what i need to do so i already know what needs to go on the problem is sometimes i'm not good relaying it to the team but uh, i see it yeah you know what i mean yeah unfortunately sometimes that's how it is for the visionary the person with the vision is it's hard to convey, but you know what direction you want to go into. That's what got Moses in trouble. He didn't know how to talk to the people. Instead, he's just still leading folks. One of the things that I know about being a pain in the butt is typically the squeaky wheel gets the oil. So <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. Hey, if people want to get in touch with you, Mark, or read more about your story or just engage somehow with you and your team or be a part of what you're doing in real estate, Feel free to share how can they reach out or what's your social media handles and things that they can look at today. Uh, well, no, my uh, personal is uh, Mark, M-A-R-K at markblunt3030.com. Some of the stuff 
that I've done and um, been through and through some of my financial well work. And then uh, for my uh, real estate markets, BeerCapitalGroup.com, that's just my um, real estate holdings company and uh, I can be reached there as well. Mark, you've been awesome, man. I really appreciate your time. All right, please. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right, guys, you heard it from the big man. He had the deep, deep voice like a big man. It was great talking to Mark. Mark's a really good dude. As you could hear, he was transparent, open about some of the things and how we approach business. It's really what I appreciated about him most. I know people tend to get starstruck with athletes and other stuff, but when you start talking to people and you find out the layers that they have and they're looking at legacy and something bigger than themselves, that's what's really superhero material to me. So it was great talking to him. Guys, listen. Please go to iTunes, leave feedback, leave comments, please share, like, subscribe, do it all, whatever, wherever, out on the social media world, but particularly in iTunes because they push that stuff up. I really appreciate the support of the Marketplace community. Hopefully, I can continue to share the wealth, share insights with you, and share things that you're most passionate about, or at least something to help you find your passion. So I hope you enjoyed. Look forward to the next interview next Sunday. Talk to you soon. I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. (laughs) 